As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling, Ari's home. I'm still miss stranded you, in Las Vegas. I know. You miss Vegas. You don't miss me. No, I miss you. Uh, I'm looking into the Bellagio hotel room right now, and I'm just sad. You're just just, just jealous just, that I'm I'm still here man. In, this, in this single king with a, with a very weird clamshell-shaped couch that I don't I haven't touched really. Yeah, I don't think and anyone's don't ever sat on it. They might have used it. I don't know, you know. Oh, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. What for a, for your uh, luggage? Of course. Well, actually there might be some luggage on there right now. So, this was a fairly tame news day until the last couple hours where things have just come fast and furious. I, I don't even really know where to start, Ari. The 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 biggest news of the day for most of the day was that Jeff Brom left Purdue for Louisville, which, you know, you, you thought that was coming at some point. Uh, it was actually a bit of a surprise when he didn't go to Louisville before when that was open, when Scott Satterfield got it. And so now he is there. He's home. That's where he played. That's where he's from. Purdue is open. Louisville's recruiting class seems to be now open for business. Uh, they had you know, their, their highest profile commit. The number one running back in Texas, he is going to go to Texas A and M. It sounds like I was going to say, you're going <laughs> to. We got news right now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's committing like right now to Texas A and M. Yes, uh, the Aggies are back, baby. <laughs> we're, we're back. Well, I, I, here's the thing: Ruben Owens, number one back in Texas. That is an area of need for Texas A and M with Devon A chain leaving because because A chain was. Really carrying that offense when, for most of the season, and such as it is, the he's offense a very is good back great. too. Oh, he's tremendous. You know, and it's back. like if you're a running back and you watched any A and M games this year, the only redeeming quality would be the running back. Yeah, exactly. And so without a chain, they're going to need somebody to carry the load. Maybe Ruben Owens is the guy right off the bat. I mean, that that sounds yeah. like a pretty good marriage. And Owens was headed to Louisville. It, it seemed like an odd fit. But then Scott Satterfield goes to Cincinnati. We find out Rom's coming to Louisville, and all of a sudden he's decommitted and scheduled to commit to Texas A&M any minute now. Yeah, so it's uh, you know 
it's just a reminder that like as long as A and M continues to do this, I haven't lost hope. But the real reminder here is that it's just really hard to recruit nationally. You know, you can make all the NIL jokes and um, you know, all the things that you might want to say about that. And of course a coach left or whatever, but like, you know, when we get excited about commitments that happen in June, it's just December comes real fast and things change really fast. And it's just really hard to, to get a guy. Now I hope that whatever NIL package he is sure to sign with AM has enough for tattoo removal. Cause I think he got a Louisville area code tattooed onto his body somewhere. He got a five Oh two. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know exactly what it was. See, if there's gone, a Louisville tattoo on his to, body. Yeah. That's what's well, the five Oh two. If he'd gone to Texas, you could just change the zero to a one, but Texas A&M call stations area code is nine, seven, nine. So I don't know what you're going to do with that. I don't can know what El Campo, that to a Texas. You know, I think that you can make any tattoo mean whatever you want it to mean. So just say it was okay. his first, his first foray into recruiting, and that was his first step into becoming a, a badass Ru- running back. So uh, Ruben Foster I, I, did play at Alabama with an Auburn tattoo. So it, it's yeah, not it happens. The first time anything has ever happened like this. And the thing that people so, have to realize too, with about the the uh, running back uh, rankings, is that the two four seven Sports Composite averages all of them together, but. It's harder to get a five-star composite ranking because they rank these guys based on how uh, they might get drafted, and they take their position right, into backs, account. Run, yeah, running backs so, are not as valuable in the draft. And we're talking about a six-foot, 200-pound running back who is legitimately starter-ready immediately. So you know, I think it's a nice come-up for, for Texas A&M. I'm very curious to see how they're going to end their class. Um, but stuff changes and classes change really fast. And I'm assuming well, that Louisville's in the thirties now after, you know, entering the week in the, yeah, they're number 28. They were number 19 overall. And, you know, they've got a few other guys like Deandre Moore who's a top 100, uh, receiver out of California who might be next to pop too. So, you know, it's, it's certainly worth, worth tracking. Well, it, it is going to be very interesting. There is a lot going on because, as we were discussing what we were going to talk about on the show, what, what, what are we going to talk about tonight? Drake May tweets this. Could never leave this place, he says. I'm a Tar Heel with a very dramatic photo of himself in the tunnel waiting to, to take the field in his North Carolina uniform, which is beautiful, by the way, with the, with the Argyle. The Argyle stripe down the helmet is a nice yeah. touch. If you were um, to rank it 1 to 10, 10 meaning – paying really, really close attention and one, putting very little effort at all to keep up with college football, what number do you think you'd have to be to know that this was what was going to happen? Like a two? Yeah. I mean, look, Drake Mays from the first family, essentially the first family of North Carolina sports, like his dad played quarterback there. His brother was a star basketball player there. There were rumors that that Alabama and Ohio State were – I was laughing because the, the rumors were ridiculous. It, it, it was always Alabama. Well, he flipped from Alabama when yeah. he committed to North Carolina. But every time we talked about him or wrote about him, like the comments were, I can't wait till he's in an Alabama uniform next year. And it's like, are you just trolling? Or like, do you have any idea at all what you're talking about? Now, the thing that I think is well, interesting. I think about- North, North Carolina is going to take care of him from an NIL standpoint too. But he also could have already gone to Alabama and decided not to. So I don't think that was going to happen. Also, people were talking about him being the number one overall pick in the country in a year and a half. Uh, he was considered a Heisman. He made my Heisman straw poll a few times. I don't know that he needs a change of scenery to reach his NFL dreams. You know, when you're when you play the way that he plays and in an offense that he plays, like 
the only identifiable thing that would be different about going to Alabama as, as opposed to North Carolina is a legitimate chance to win a national championship. And I don't think if you had him back on the show again and you said, do you think you can't win a national title at North Carolina? He would say no. I don't think they're programmed that way. If, if this were going to be 2024 next year and we're going to a 12 team playoff, I think there's a real good chance North Carolina to be a playoff contender. Although, you know, Phil Longo, his offensive coordinator, went to Wisconsin. So you say the offense, whatever. We don't know what the offense that Drake May is going to play in next year is going to look like. We know that that his offensive coordinator is going to be running the show at Wisconsin, which we, we'll have which to talk about that too. Which is actually probably a more interesting dynamic, really. Than- yeah, we're going to have to talk about that too because the offense Phil Longo runs does not look like what we're used to watching at Wisconsin. Though when he has good backs, he he'll run the ball. I mean, like yeah, the 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 Michael Carter year. They they were happy to run the ball. So I mean, a good offensive coordinator is able to adapt to what he has on his roster, not force well, everybody what, to do Mac things told that he me does. When, when Mac went to North Carolina and hired Phil Longo away from Ole Miss, Mac told me like I was looking for a guy who ran an up tempo spread offense but would run the ball. And Matt Luke was the the head coach who hired Longo at Ole Miss. Matt Luke's an old line coach. Like he he was making damn sure it was somebody who was going to run the ball. So I, I don't. I don't think he's going to look – well, it will look dramatically different. I don't know that the rushing yards change as much as people think they're going to change. Yeah, it might, look, it might look different, but it might be the same thing. Does that make sense? Well, it's not going to be the same thing. <laughs> they're going no, to spread I'm saying it out. Like the, same, yeah. the same philosophical um, you know, strategy that they've used over the years is to pound their opponents. And with what their roster has on it right now, we're not going to be watching yes. – you know, Timmy Chang back there rifling the ball 75 times a game. It might be spread out, but you can run a power running offense out of the spread. Well, we don't we don't know who we're going to be watching. I mean, some some Absolutely. Some quarterback from the portal is probably going to be starting at Wisconsin though. As you know, Graham Mertz is gone. So we'll see what happens. Longo, I'm sure has a lot of ideas about who he'd like to have running on offense. So this is going to be one of those People will will be surprised probably when you hear who it is and you're like, oh, well, there you go. But usually but I think when this, this is happens, a testament, they, they know. A testament to how much Luke Fickle is really going to bring it into the future. You know, like oh, you yeah. can like we were talking about before, like you can, you know, still have a Wisconsin spirit, but a modernized look to it. And, you know, if he can get some skill position players to find Wisconsin attractive, um, you've got a very uh, clever offensive mind running the show there. You know, stick with the Wisconsin offensive linemen and the and the good backs, and add a few top end receivers and an updated offense. You might have something there, and I'm excited to see what it looks like. Very important question from Nick McCloskey about this hotel room, Andy. How many times have you stubbed your toe on that ottoman getting up in the middle of the night? The correct answer, Nick, is one, and that's all it took. And I started doing the stingray shuffle along the carpet the rest of the what, time. The the thing at the, the edge of your bed, yeah, the ottoman, yes. And so why would you have stubbed your toe? Are you do you sleep on the right side of the bed? I slammed right into it going coming back from the bathroom the first night. Oh, I, I took a hard left at the wall there and just laid down closest to the wall. Of course. So I did. never had to pass it. Of course you did. But that's the side the of the cl- bed I sleep on. Like I sleep on the same the side. USB port. The clock with the USB ports is on the other side. There's so a I USB in port in the watch. There's a USB ports on the nightstand. Not in my room. Not in my room, Ari. Do you sleep in the same side of the bed like as you would if your wife were in the bed, even when you're not with her? No, I sleep in the dead center. 
Really? When I'm by myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I sprawled out. I sleep on the right side of the bed everywhere I go. Because I'm a side sleeper. So if I'm on my side and I'm on the other side of the bed, then I'm breathing on her and she doesn't like that. (laughs) Of course not. I just want want people to, to really get to know me. Yeah, I, I I want to know what it's like to be in bed with you, Ari. That's that's really what everybody's tuning into the podcast to hear. So that that's good to know. This is very good to know. This is but this is a lot of stuff, and I think this is what this is what December's are going to be like in college football from now on. They always had the coaching moves, and you know, you since there's been the early signing day, you'd have some recruiting news. Then you'd have more coaching moves after the early signing day. But now you're getting the transfer portal mixed into this, and it really ratchets things up quite a bit. This is can going I, to be pretty Can crazy. I be honest with you? I find it to be uh, a little overwhelming, to be honest, because there's so bit. much it's happening at once, track. and it's really kind of hard to keep track of what's going on here. And you've got coaches. You've got recruits. You've got portal. I mean, you've got – all of this happening all at once, and it's in a sped-up pace, too, because the early, early signing period is two weeks from today. You know how quickly portal transfers go, and coaches are trying to find new places or flipping directly to a new place. And it's just yeah. like, how is this all going to settle? And it's just like, I, I can't imagine working for one of them. It, it is going to be absolutely crazy. And, and yeah, the recruiting staffs, I mean, it's interesting because we did all these stories about, oh, so-and-so school is moving this person to portal recruiting or they're moving these two or three. I, I actually think you probably need more people watching the portal than you have watching the high school ranks. Interesting. Well, you and Max and I had a conversation about, um, you know, how we were going to be able to, you know, evaluate these rosters. Like who's, who's got the roster to do it. Like in six mm-hmm. months from now, when we're back at it, previewing the season, yeah. um, what metric are we going to use? And I feel like, we both or all three of us thought, you know, three or four years down the line that the recruiting rankings would become less and less important. And I kind of feel like we're already almost there. Well, I, I have a question in my mailbag that's running on Thursday. So if you're listening to this in podcast form, this is already out on the athletic. Uh, if you're if you're watching the YouTube stream, it'll be out in the morning. But it was a Florida State fan and they asked, you know, Florida State is behind Florida and Miami in the high school recruiting rankings and what's what gives you know, because Florida State is is the best on the field at the moment of those three. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it is Florida State's NIL is not as far along as Miami's and Florida's is. So it's it's suppressed that ranking a little bit. But Mike Norvell has proven to be one of the best evaluators of portal talent and his staff also. You know, you got Jermaine Johnson last year, Jared Verse this year. Those guys are going to be first round draft picks that they pulled out of the portal. Uh, Jamie Robinson who joined them before last season from South Carolina, who was kind of a heart and soul guy in the defense and announced on Wednesday that he's playing in the bowl game. He's, he's going pro, but or probably going pro, but he's playing in the bowl game. And then you've got, uh, you know, Fabian Love at the defensive tackle. They got him from Mississippi State. Uh, Trey Benson, the running back, they got from Oregon. Johnny Wilson, the receiver, they got from Arizona State. Like, I, I understand why this fan is is upset because – Florida's recruiting ranking is higher and Miami's recruiting ranking is higher. But I would argue that there's just as good of a chance that Florida State beats them both again on the field next year. Yeah. Because Mike Norville's good at portaling. Now, the question, though, is are you ever going to be good enough at portaling where you can consistently f- be that far behind in the rankings and neutralize it? Lane Kiffin wants, wants a word. Now, I, now here's yeah, the question. I, but oh, year after year. 
Yeah, Lane went eight and four this year. That was not the ten and two he went last year. Do we think that that's going to get better next year? I think I think it might be better next year. Plus, and this is important to note with Lane, the most important or the best player on that team this year was a high school recruit, a true freshman high school recruit, Quinshawn mm-hmm. Judkins. Yeah. So it, it's it still matters, but. Quinchon it's also Jenkins too. It's just like USC could have made the playoff this year just on the backs of the portal completely. Now I don't yeah. know for sure if you know that's a typical example that we should use because they they were his guys at a previous school. I don't know how yeah. how often that's going to happen, but like there are teams that use the portal exclusively to be very very good this year. Now the yeah. question Nick- I have is whether or not it's a sustainable plan year after mm-hmm. year after year. There's enough talent in it, but are you a good enough evaluator? Because in, in high school football. You have years to evaluate players, right, and to, to build relationships. But you with. also don't. But you also don't know how they'll respond at the next level, playing against people of equal or, or maybe greater talent. Nick Terry wants us to, to uh, adjust our nomenclature here. Let's change portaling to roster building because that's exactly what it is, and that's that's probably a better a better way of putting it. And and not just portaling, but portaling recruiting out of high school. It's all roster building. And you're, yeah. you, you can be good at it in, a, in now in very different ways. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who are actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, it might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring, and it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash CFB23. That's linkedin.com slash CFB and the numbers 23 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Will a team ever be good enough to win a national championship in the new college football world if they don't sign top 25 classes out of high school? I don't think so. I'm with you. But I, I this has already moved a lot faster that, than I thought it would. Though. Yeah. I still think you're going to need those core people. And and I think Ole Miss is a good example. Like They're not as good this year if they don't sign Quinshaw Judkins out of high school. And he obviously was a, a priority for Lane Kiffin. We've all seen that picture of Lane sitting by himself at the game. Like, I want this guy. I want to make sure we get this guy. And I do think you, you got to have those. Uh, Michael Grubbs, for the average fan, all this roster turnover is going to be frustrating. I disagree. 
I, I go back to last offseason. People were so happy and hopeful, except for what? Arizona State fans and maybe West Virginia because they, they'd lost a lot of people through the portal. But for the most part, everybody's like, we got a new quarterback. We got a new this. We're going to be awesome. Well, Max uh, on Stars Matter when we recorded it earlier today made an interesting point about how the majority of players that uh, are in the portal are people who aren't playing a ton um, in their current situation. So there's going to be 5% or 10% who are bona fide starters. Like the fact that Florida State had multiple first-round picks out of the portal I think is going to be a unicorn because that's just – you know, usually first round picks are happy with where they're at, you know. Right, right. Um, Jermaine Johnson was in a very unique situation. He was he was a role player on an unbelievably loaded defense at Georgia who just wanted to show that he was an every down player. And he winds up being ACC defensive player of the year. Jared Verse was at Albany, just got under recruited, you know, came it was was a late bloomer. And then basically everybody who played Syracuse in 2021 saw Jared Verse playing for Albany because Syracuse played them early and was like, oh my God, this guy, if this guy goes in the portal, we got to have him. And and then Florida State got him. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be situations where guys slip through the cracks and, and level up. But I think Max well, here's, said... Here's a juicy one. Brady Miller, P.S. Watch out for Illinois for Devin Leary. Is Devin Leary the best quarterback in the portal right now, Ari? I mean, who who would you even put up against him? Hudson Card? Then yes. Okay. But I, I like, I don't know. I've mentioned this on the show and to you multiple times, but like Luke Altmeyer was a stud in high school. Now, I don't know if that's going to translate, was. but like somebody might get end up with him and he might end up being a really good player. I mean, I mean, people were talking about Devin Leary being one of the best quarterbacks in college football heading into this year. Being and I don't a know if we got, trophy contender, being a potential first rounder. And I yes. don't know that we got a correct taste of what he's actually capable of because he was just injured the whole time. Exactly. So well, you know, we saw it, we saw it before when he was healthy in in twenty twenty one. He's a very good quarterback. So, that what what if he winds up with Phil Longo? What if he goes to the other side of the rivalry? Uh, Harry, good point. Shadur, Shadur Sanders is the best QB of the portal. But we already know where he's going. Are we he's sure that been, he's the best quarterback in the portal? No, I don't know that. I don't know that. But we I'm already very know excited he, to see what it, how good yeah. he actually is because yeah. you know it's hard to tell what the level he was playing at. We we already know that he's going to be their quarterback because Dion's already announced him as their quarterback. Speaking of Dion, by the way, so I'm in Vegas. I'm at the the Sports Business Journal Intercollegiate Athletics Forum. All the commissioners talked today. I had Kevin Warren on stage, who told some great stories about him as a kid and how he how he came to be who he is, and uh, it, it was really interesting learning about him. But George Klyavkov of the Pac-12, our, our guy Ralph Russo was interviewing him on stage and asked him about Dion. And he brought up a really interesting point. He's like, they opened against TCU in in the season opener at TCU. Like that game was like a 10.40 p.m. Friday night game in Boulder. They got up 1.25 million viewers. But I bet next year that game is going to get The first game's at TCU? T- uh, yep. All right, we'll make the bed for you upstairs. Exactly. I'll be there. Well, their second game is at Nebraska. And Klyavkov goes, don't, he's like, don't think I forgot that's a Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. I'm very much looking forward to that game. So the, the home opener for Colorado is Nebraska in week two. I would not be shocked to see Fox's big noon Saturday at that game. Like the, the, the Dion thing, I know some people get sick of it. It pops. People want to everything we put up about him at the athletic, people hammer. They they crush those links. They want to read everything they can about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, was it you that was texting or tweeting about how uh, his presence alone might make for a more lucrative television so contract? That's, that's the other thing Klyavkov said, and I was I was just blown away. I was like, what? And Klyavkov, the, the, there have been delays in the in the Pac-12 media rights deal. They're, they've been negotiating it. The new one has to start not this coming season, but the next season. So in basically July of 2024 is when the new one starts. And I think the main delay is that the the University of California System Board of Regents is still trying to decide whether it's going to oppose UCLA's move to the Big Ten. I think that is the the chief reason for the delay. I don't think anybody's particularly optimistic in the Pac-12 that that's going to work. Like they're all kind of planning USC and UCLA are going to be gone. So, but he did say, he said, I knew more news was coming. And why would you do a media rights deal before coach prime gets signed at, at Colorado? Well, the question I have for you, Andy is will Colorado be must view television over the long term, or is it just going to be interesting for the first few weeks until it becomes normal? I think they're going to be must view YouTube. Because there's so much behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, but they're games, which is what the deal is predicated on. That, that depends on what they do in the portal here. That, that really depends on what they do in the portal. How good are they going to be? Because if, they, yeah. if they're terrible and they're getting smoked, then no, nobody's going to watch. But if they're good, then yeah, people are going to watch. It won't just be for oh, Dion. God, if Dion flips this, that was the worst team in the Power Five. If he slips, uh, flips them into an eight-win team in one year, I mean, Duke could bounce to a bigger job after a year probably. Lance Leipold to. took over an absolute dumpster fire at Kansas and got those those guys bowl eligible this year. It is possible. So this portal announcement hit the internet on Wednesday and and basically lit the college football internet on fire. This is from Dylan Johnson, running back at Mississippi State. And it, it, he tweeted it, and above it he had the, the heart and the little bulldog emoji, and you're thinking this is a very standard transfer portal or – GoPro or whatever type announcement. Uh, he's standing there in his Mississippi State uniform. It's got uh, it's got S- Scott Field in the back. It's got or uh, Davis Wade Stadium in the back. So first and foremost, I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at a college level. Oh, I'm sorry. I'd like to thank God. I, he's got some smudging in intentional smudging in this uh, in this graphic. But first and foremost, I would like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at a college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and support they have shown me throughout this season. To Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, and amazing fans, it has been an honor to participate in this program with you all together. You guys have helped me build my character and skills tremendously. All very standard. Very normal. Now it takes a turn. With that being said, since I am not very tough... And Leach is glad I am leaving. I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Thank you. <laughs> that do you is think that Leach napalming said, the bridges? Do you think that Leach just said, uh, you know, you're complacent and you just want to sit underneath a tree with your fat girlfriend eating chi- uh, fish sandwiches to him? I, I would imagine he said that to a lot of players because he's, he's said that multiple times across multiple teams. I, I took personal offense to the fish sandwich thing, but you know, I uh, think it was aimed at you. I think I, I, you should feel seen because of that. I think Mike Leach thinks you're not very tough. Yeah, I'm not very tough, and I like fish sandwiches. But my wife weighs like 104 pounds, so at least I've got that going for me. 
there you go. So no, no fat little girlfriend. And, I, and I've seen you show me photos of ex girlfriends. You, I don't. I, I think I'm you've, charming. You've done all right on that front. So you are. Your sense of humor carries carries the day. And I do this with my hand. Yeah, the most of the people who listen to this in podcast form have no idea what you're doing with your hand. I just put and it underneath my chin and smiled. Uh, why'd um, you tell? Why'd you tell them? I was gonna oh, let the mystery be. They should have come. Uh, so to the to the feed, but so Dylan Dylan Johnson carried 89 times for 488 yards this season. He was their second leading rusher uh, behind Joquavius Marks. 5.48 yard per carry average. That led the team. Uh, he carried 12 times for 73 yards, six yards a carry in the Egg Bowl, in their Egg Bowl win. So he was productive in games they won. But no, not, none of this surprises me. And I, I see everybody fighting back and forth on Twitter. Everybody seems to have an opinion about whether Mike Leach is right or whether this guy's right. Do I believe that Mike Leach said that? Yes, because Mike Leach says that all the time about his players. There's a yeah. history there. Yeah, it's like, it's also too. There are certain people who respond well to that type of coaching and certain people who don't. doesn't mean that one's soft or one it's just the same thing of like, would you rather play for uh, Lane Kiffin or Nick Saban? It'd be a very different experience, I think. So, you know, it's – there is a sec- – it's like the whole debate about like participation trophies and toughness and where we are in America. Like there's half on one side and half on the other. I mean, Mike Leach is always known for his funny, you know, sound bites and – uh, the weird paths he takes on interviews. And, you know, I think I read a story about Chantel that wrote Chantel Jennings wrote in ESPN like 10 years ago saying that the man uh, wandered into the forest after a, ra- a raccoon because he wanted to see where it was going. Like that, like, is very. I mean, all think of about that, that checks like, out. He wanted to see where it was going. What do you mean where it was going? It went into the woods. What do you, where's it going? He's looking it's for like, a trash can. <laughs> It's always the funniest thing to me, but he also is a hard ass. Like you've seen his YouTube videos, like with they they filmed him in the locker room after losses or wins, and yes, you know it wouldn't be the the easiest guy to be on the wrong side of. So, um, you know that's an interesting uh, situation, and like personally, well, I think that's funny, but I don't know that that's how I would want to present myself either going into the portal because you don't want people to think that about you. Well, you don't. But here's the thing: somebody like him. Has probably already got his destination queued up, right? And like he, he was a very efficient runner, right? You said he led the team in yards per carry. He he did, he did, and so he's going to go to a team. And, and th- that's the thing. I mean, Leach had some games this year where he did run the ball more, and they were actually pretty effective. Like uh, now, the Arkansas game, KJ Jefferson didn't play. Mississippi State rolled in that, but. Dylan Johnson carried 16 times for 89 yards in that game. He carried 14 times for 68 yards against A&M, which was another game where they ran the ball well and won. They they didn't run it, you know, Alabama, they couldn't do much. Kentucky, they barely ran the ball at all. But interestingly enough, the two carries that, that Dylan Johnson got, he gained eight yards a carry. You know, it's 16 yep. yards total on two carry, but they, they barely ran the ball against Kentucky. That offense got completely shut down, and, and Kentucky won that game. So... I am not surprised that you know a player would say this. I mean, the Nothing sport is just about this surprised me. Yeah, it's just an insane, but, crazy sport. But I wonder where he's going to wind up. Like, what if he winds up in Illinois? What if he's going to go play for Bielema and get get thirty carries a game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the personality that I would I, I would most want to transfer from uh, is Mike Leach to Brett Bielema. Is, Mike, is Brett Bielema? That's uh, 
that's something. But yeah, no, we'll see where it where now, he Bielema's ends up. is going to bust your chops too. Bielema bust bust your chops saying. a that's lot. That's the joke. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> he's not necessarily the flower of elegance either. So, uh, yeah, but you know, maybe a place that just runs the ball more too. You know, yeah, and, and not being tough that, could mean anything. It could mean not a tough oh, yeah. runner or soft in the locker room too. In the weight room, we we don't yeah. know the whole story on this, and I'll be curious if it ever really comes out. But Andy, I wanted good. to ask you something that has nothing to do with yeah. this, and I'm not trying to end. The, I'm not trying to end. The oh no, thing, no, it's but. fine. I think we've I think we've said what needs to be said. Okay, so it's a playoff discussion, and I just want to know okay. what your thought is on this. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the uh, the bracket for this year. Okay, and you. You and I have discussed how awesome the matchups that we're going to get are going to be. Right. But what is your take on the highest ranked conference champions getting buys? Like, do you like that? Because no, the, the bracket well, kind of messes it up a little, doesn't I it? I don't, but I've been listening to people whine from various conferences that aren't the SEC. Whine, well, conference championships have to matter. Well, you got your wish. They matter. Yeah, it's like, I guess like on one hand, it strengthens the regular season to a certain extent because you want well, no no it's strength i'll tell you i'll tell you what happens it strengthens the conference championship games and makes them more lucrative so like greg sankey who wanted all at large because that helps the sec was like okay if you're gonna do it this way let's do it this way where only certain of the conference champions get the real special treatment because that makes the sec title game more lucrative yeah um but you have like teams like Clemson, like in under in this bracket, TCU would not get a bye. Nope, they'd win their conference championship. So it, it's to satisfy the crowd that said it should it should be conference champions or conference championships should matter. So make up your minds, guys. You want should you want them to matter or not? Because I really don't care. Yeah, I do I don't think really that care this. This deliberate misseeding will create some interesting stuff because there's a very good chance that there will be a lot of years where the second best team in the country is at number five because it is the second best Big Ten or SEC team. And it might happen that the Big Ten or the SEC has the best two teams in the country, which nobody ever wants to admit, but it is frequently true. I just wonder if it's going to stick this way. Yeah, or if there's going to be. Or if there's going to be like edits to the twelve team playoff format as we go, oh, there may be edits to it, but this one I don't think they're going to edit because again, it makes them more money. Yeah, you know, and I guess like if you think about it, if you're in, then you should be able to win all the way. But that extra game, you know, and I guess this will be the debate. But having to play an extra game is playing an extra game. Like TCU would be matched up with Tulane in the first round this year, and it's like, yeah, I mean, probably TCU wins that game. Um, but I don't know if they win it a hundred times out of a hundred. Ari, when the lower seated team wins, it's interesting on television. Yeah, that, that's that's what they're going for. I, I I don't know how to make this any more clear to everybody. They are creating a series of television shows that they would like you to watch. That's the whole point. So you're saying that like a TCU two lane matchup would be more interesting than any other matchup in that spot? No, that's what that's what fell it fell to in this system. It's not more interesting. Yeah, I uh, you want a bigger brand name in there? But guess like, what? Is, is this year's playoff there are, like there are some like, big brand names in there? <laughs> like in, in this year's playoff though, Andy, 
the four team. Mm-hmm. There was zero consideration whatsoever about giving the number one seed the easier path, right? They just ranked the teams in order of what they thought were the best four, and there's no discussion about that. Correct. So in this new system where the highest-rated conference champions get buys in the first round, Mm -hmm. there's also no consideration whatsoever for the easiest path for the best teams either. Well, again, a lot of the conferences wanted that. It is what they wanted. These are the same conferences that wanted the four-team playoff to be all conference champions. It's what they wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you've been whining about them not appreciating conference champions all these years, you can't start whining about this now. Well, the teams that were the team, the teams and the fans of the teams that were whining about conference championships were the ones that were being left out. The teams that are going to pay the consequences for poor seeding are the good teams. Yeah. Well, if they're good, they'll kick the crap out of who they're playing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. It just. Thought it'd be worth. We haven't talked about it at all, and like I always used to like roll my eyes about arguing about seating, um, because I thought seating was stupid. But you know, mm-hmm. and it still and, is and not. I kept is, telling you it's going to be interesting to people, and people I mean, don't want to talk about it. Seating is going to be interesting yes, to people are. because uh, it's going to you know potentially put teams in into a situation where they have to play an extra game, which I can appreciate. It's a hard thing. It's just not as drastic or uh, compelling as missing it completely. But we're not going to go down that road again. No, it's not. But the, there will be times when somebody wins a conference championship game that's not supposed to becomes the bid thief because the team that was supposed to win is still in the top, you know, eight or nine or ten, wherever the cut line mm-hmm. is, and gets an at large, and then somebody else gets knocked out. Like that's going to happen. We'll be right back after these words. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And Matheson the third here uh, said when they have two super conferences and they do adjust it, they probably will, right? Well, no. They had their chance. I mean, if, if you wanted to do it that way, I, I mean, I once wrote the conferences change it. completely different, it's a different discussion, though. Yes, but the Big Ten and the SEC have already agreed to this. And I talked to Greg Sankey about this today, actually. And he feels like a more national playoff. With more, with the whole nation getting a chance to participate, is better for the long term health of the sport. And which is true as a, right? as a byproduct, that's also better for the finances of everybody in the sport, including the SEC. The, right. But I, I wrote this column before they came to an agreement on the twelve team. As the SEC and the Big Ten were were expanding, I said if they wanted to, they could each stage their own eight team playoff for their conference title. And just have the champions play. And guess yep. what? 
people would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, but I think but it's good the two lanes in there. I do too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I I, I think you know the, the TCU Tulane matchup probably would be the least watched of of all those. The USC but Alabama the people on this one probably podcast will watch the hell out of it. Well, the people on this podcast are are the best people in the world. They they are the people who immediately looked up the total for the Kentucky Iowa Music City Bowl, which by the way is dropping <laughs> it move? precipitously. It did? I believe it's it's closer to thirty now. Uh, Will Levis announced he wasn't going to play in the game, which I I thought that was baked into the original. I think thirty two and a half, but yeah, I could be wrong. It, it does. I, Somebody had said it had dropped a little bit today. I'm, I'm, I'm opening my bet MGM app right now to see to see where it is. But it is That's uh, funny. That is that is our our you know our friends at Sickos Committee, like all of our listeners. That is the kind of game that we w- we will get together. Maybe we need to do a live watch party for the, for the Music City Bowl. Yeah, what day? How would that go? I, 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 great it's question. Just, it's a it's a. It's a New Year's it's literally Eve uh, at noon on New Year's Eve, so I think it leads oh, into the playoff. We'll be a games. little busy. Oh um, God, that leads into the playoff game. I, I don't know. It starts at noon Eastern, so yeah, I think yeah, so. It leads into the you'll, the um, game you'll be covering the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, it's thirty-one and a half still, so we're not thirty-one because it's under dropped. thirty, but it's yeah, dropped. It has though. dropped it the point. Now. Yeah, holy. And both cow. teams have top fifteen defenses, don't they? They do. They do. Uh, Michael Grubbs, I missed the ask. We can't do ask line rankings now because honestly, the, the playoff rankings were a little too close. Like it kind of spoiled the joke for me. Yeah. Uh, the ask, I mean, we, we could do a fake one uh, maybe uh, before the playoff or something. I don't know. But, maybe. Or, we or just you know reorder. what? Or we can just have people if sit on the edge Clown of their seats. the play the 12-team playoff. Should we do the ask clown? Uh, we'll do the ask clown playoff seating. Yes, yes. If, if let's do that this if, week. Let's do it. If if the top, if the twelve team playoff had started this year, and the ass clown was called in to seed the playoff, I think that's a well. We ignore the rules uh, completely. That of would be course great. we'd make our own rules because that's that's how that works. So we've talked about Jeff Brom going to Louisville, which was a move that made a lot of sense. He's he's going home, and Louisville is a very good job. This is a place where you can get. A lot of good players. You can compete in the ACC. I get it. He leaves behind Purdue, which just won the Big Ten West, which has shown that you can get some guys there. But what do the Boilermakers do now? And uh, I saw a lot what, what, of people saying that our Big Ten job theory. So I don't know if you read this, but earlier in the week, I ranked the open jobs from 1 to 21 yes. mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of um, recruiting potential. And I yeah. had some Big Ten teams behind teams that were in the uh, that weren't in the Big Ten, and yeah. a lot of people were like, "Well, why would you do that if the if the budget was?" And I, and I thought that was a fair point. Maybe I should have ranked Big Ten teams higher based on the impending budgets that were they, coming. They can pay more. I was talking to a Big Ten AD about this the other night, and this person thinks that yeah, you know, with all the money coming in and the fact that they they have to spend it on something. You may see Indiana act like Ole Miss or Purdue act like Mississippi State. But or- I don't think that this situation, though, discredits that thought process. I think this is a situation where somebody probably just preferred to go home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as, as somebody tweeted that at me, can we stop saying that Purdue was yeah, still a lot of no. no, Jeff Brom played at Louisville. He's from Louisville. Like, that is a very different situation than if he had been from, I don't know, San Antonio 
Like that would have been, I bet he would stay at Purdue if, if he'd been from San Antonio. So we go to our friends message board geniuses whenever there's a coaching change, because those are always fun. There's a poster on the gold and black message board called breezes, which is a perfect name for a Purdue poster. Top of the list. Ari, who do Breezes. you think? Uh, Urban Meyer. Yep, of course. <laughs> I knew Give it was going to be nine million bucks. The reason Let's why go. the reason why I guess that is because every single person is going to put Urban Meyer on their on the top of their list on this message board geniuses account. So, mm-hmm. um, are there any real ones or are they all fake? Yes, actually, Breezes has some 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 interesting names. Now, Breezes also has say, Chris Peterson on there. Chris Peterson is not taking the Purdue job. He's uh, he's pretty comfortable doing what he's doing at Fox. But the one, um, the name I saw that was interesting is Kalen DeBoer. He this is this was Breezes' second choice. Kalen DeBoer, the current Washington coach, uh, it was Fresno State before that, but gets to Washington. They go ten and two. Kalen DeBoer, former Indiana uh, offensive coordinator, that mm-hmm. worked with Michael Penix in Indiana. I don't think you're going to steal him after his first year at Washington. I don't think so. But that crazy. This though? is the this is that right. As soon as I saw, it, I was like, well, they could really. Throw a ton of money at him, I suppose. They could pay more. Yeah, they could pay a lot more. So would they do it? And and that is the question I have because for the – like I know Ohio State will. I think Penn State will now that Pat Kraft's the AD. He's a much more football forward type AD than than what they had before. I think Minnesota will. Didn't they just – they gave PJ another deal. Mm -hmm. So Wisconsin did – we know that. I think Purdue could make a splash if they want to. All of these Big Ten schools can afford to make a splash. They all have the money. So it's really up to Mike Babinski and their administration to decide how they feel about this. How do they want to be? What What do they want to be? So, And I bet you they're more I, money drunk right now playing in the Big Ten championship game of like, wow, that felt good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Matthew C. Purdue makes all that Big Ten money, but they run their program on the cheap like an ACC or Pac-12 school. Well, yeah, that's the case in a lot of the Big Ten. But I don't think it's going to be the case for long because I I think when you have that much, you you can't just stuff it under your mattress forever. No. There's nowhere to put it. Exactly. So, like, Kalen Bohr would make perfect sense to just throw a truckload of money at and I still don't think you get him because he's been there. A lot of coaches just even as attractive as the the offer is because they're don't people. Go they don't, people don't want to move across country more than once in a year. Although that is exactly how Michigan State got Mel Tucker. They make yeah. the offer. He says no. He's like, I just got to Colorado. I'm not going. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. And then they come back and like, what if we double it? What if we we jack up the assistant coach salary pool? And yeah, then he's so like, you, well, I can't say no to that. Yeah, yeah. The Godfather offer. Um, yeah, go to DeBoer and, and offer him a million-dollar raise, make him say no, and go, you know what, we're going to double it. Yeah, yeah. How about $3 million more? You want that? How's that feel? Yeah, it's not that far of a plane ride. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover the shipping expenses for your stuff. Golly. I mean, it just would be a inherently harder job. on the, It's like, on the surface, it is that way, but if you have all the money, it neutralizes it. So it's like, you'd be crazy to have this conversation two years ago. Yeah, we, we think you're nuts, but... Let's say Indiana and Tom Allen part ways next year. They're going to have a ton of money, too. Mm-hmm. It's just, so, I just I can't wait to see the first wave of the money being used. 
Yeah, and, and I don't know who does it because it, just because they have, like I said, I don't know if Purdue will do it. But somebody's going to do it, whether it's Purdue or Indiana. Or we'll see what happens with Northwestern. If, if Fitzgerald winds up you know, deciding down the road it's, it's time to go, uh, they have just gobs of money for those schools that have been in it. Now, Maryland and, and Rutgers are in a little bit different boat because they were in bad financial situations when they got to the Big Ten, still digging their way out of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing Nebraska spend. They've always wanted to. If Kirk Ferentz retires at some point, what does Iowa do? You know, how much is Illinois willing to spend to keep Bielema if he's winning? So this is this is a different day in the Big Ten. And Purdue, you've got a job that I think a lot of people are going to want. And you're going to have probably better options than you've ever had before. So... Cannot wait to see who you pick, Ari. Uh, I'm reading Chris uh, Vanini's job profile. Okay. And here are some names that he put. Okay. Sean Lewis, if he's still available. He's not. He Well, he's the OC at, at, at Colorado. Is everybody available with money in the way? or I mean, Oh, no. I mean, you could – if you offered him the head coaching job at, at Purdue, he would come. Bounce, right? Over yeah. being the – yeah, he, over being the, uh, the OC Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. That would make sense. Former Florida head coach Dan Mullen. That also would make sense. That that might be the right spot for him because it is very similar to Mississippi State within its mm-hmm. league. And that's the level where you can win more than they're historically used to you winning, but you don't have to recruit five-star recruits to and do And you it. don't have to play Alabama. Right. Uh, Wake Forest's Dave Clawson. Not, I don't think he'd take it. Iowa State's Matt Campbell. Is he still a hot name? He's not. He's cooled off, but everybody knows he's still a very good coach. Yeah. So I, I could see that. And he's he's an Ohio guy. You know, you, you're you're getting back closer to home. That would make sense. Uh, former defensive coordinator from Wisconsin, Jim Leonard. That would be very interesting too. I, I mean, I think Jim Leonard was was among a lot of people who thought he was going to get the Wisconsin job. And but if you can get Luke Fickle, you get Luke Fickle. And now he's got to figure out what to do. But uh, I talked to somebody today who said they thought that Jim Leonard might might take a year off. Former Texas A&M head coach and your boy, Kevin Sumlin? Purdue, Purdue grad. Former Purdue linebacker, Kevin Sumlin. Akron head coach, Joe Moorhead? Interesting. I thought it was unfair when Moorhead got fired at Mississippi State. I, I, I It was this thing, I, I've said this many times, where I think Dan Mullen got kind of skewed the numbers for them where they got so used to how Dan was winning that they did not realize how historically different that was than, than most coaches. Mm-hmm. So they didn't give Joe Moorhead a lot of patience and I, I don't think that was fair, but I don't know that after year one in Akron, not sure that, that you're ready to jump on that and that's going to make it'd be hard to sell, but yep. I could see, I could see him at least giving him an interview and seeing where he's at on that. NC State head coach Dave Doran. So his name pops up for everything. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. Does he overachieve at NC State? 72 and 53 in 10 years. I'm torn on that because they typically schedule a fairly easy out-of-conference schedule. Though they did have Texas Tech on the on the out-of-conference schedule this year. So they, they load up on those. They did beat he did beat Clawson this year. That had been a problem in previous years. So 
That would make sense, but his name comes up for every single job like this. And then one last one, Western Kentucky head coach Tyson Helton. Tyson Helton's a good job. Brahms offensive coordinator at WKU from 2014 and 15. Yeah, Tyson Helton's done a very good job at Western Kentucky, and he just lost his quarterback. So there's there's possibility. I don't know that, if like Doran can link up with his quarterback at Purdue. I think that's possible. We're going to start seeing some. What is that? That's just like off the field grab ass. Is that what that is? So you're saying Caleb Williams going to USC was off the field grab ass? Yeah, that's grab ass. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Oh, by the way, that game we were talking about, that Music City Bowl, uh, one of our, our readers on Twitter or listeners on Twitter said we got to call it the Sickos Committee Grab-Ass Bowl. And I think that's highly appropriate. Like, the Sickos Committee Grab-Ass Bowl should lead into the CFP semifinals. The Sickos semifinals. Committee Grab-Ass Bowl? How is you that not a thing? That. I'd watch it. I would go there without a tarp on. <laughs> Just, why don't we just both go to Nashville instead of covering the semis we're supposed to cover? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'll just leave my wife and kid in Phoenix and I'll meet you in Nashville. Let's do it. Tarp off, everybody in Nashville for the grab ass bowl. And you know you want to show up with your tarp off. Well, now I do. Yeah. A couple years ago, no, absolutely not. But yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm in. I don't yeah. care how cold it is. I don't know if we'll uh, ever get big enough, Andy, but one day we have to have a sponsored uh, Andy Staples Show podcast uh, bowl game. We definitely. I know Barstool did it at one point, but like I don't know. No, they're going to. But they're going to do it. They they didn't actually get to do it because Central Michigan. Remember the that one of the Sun Bowl teams was it a COVID or something failed, right? Because of COVID, and Central Michigan's like, peace out. We're going to go play in the Sun Bowl, but they are going to. It's Ohio U, and somebody from the Mountain West. These sponsorships change so often. Like we should be able to get one. on we the definitely cheap. I mean, we have to be able to pay. The, 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 there's got to be someone. Can we sponsor the Bahamas Bowl? Can I put a request in for that? I don't care where it is or who's playing in it, as long as it's got our logo on the field. And we can. I mean, I'd rather it be in the Bahamas than anywhere else, if given my druthers. Yep. All right. So we'll figure that out. We're, we're going to put some money in the kitty. And next year, we're going to figure out how this podcast can sponsor the Bahamas Bowl. And we're all going to be there, tarps off, celebrating, live podcast, the whole bowl game. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm uh, Ari and I will be in the booth. I'll be your play-by-play. Ari will be your analyst. Uh, we'll have Nicole and Max on each, on either sideline. Oh, I, this is going to be amazing. Dude, just make it happen, okay? And it'll be the Dudes Everywhere halftime show. <laughs> We're just hire the thunder from down under to show up for the dudes everywhere. <laughs> Tarps off, man. Actual quote from me to Ari in Vegas as we were driving past the billboard. Do you have to be Australian to be in the thunder from down under? Or do you and just then he need started speaking in an Austra- uh, Australian accent, which is an implication that he already has the abs. Throw another shrimp on my Bobby. All right. That was terrible. That ain't a knife. This is a knife. All right, we we we've we've made you suffer enough. (laughs) Oh god, we're talking about the thunder from down under here, pal. That's true. (laughs) what a show! What a week! I will be eventually going home from Las Vegas. Friday show, we got a little surprise for you. 
we got a former college football player who's going to be a WWE superstar. Well, I know he's going to be. He's in training to be one right now. He joins the show on Friday. If something crazy happens, we'll, we'll maybe we'll have an emergency podcast with me from the air. We could do that too. But guys, keep those crazy transfer portal announcements coming. Let's 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 run this all back next week. We'll talk to you later.